lead us not into temptation, is probably one of the most confusing lines of the Lord's Prayer. While last week we talked about forgiveness being one of the most unnatural parts, today we're going to be talking about how this whole lead us not into temptation is just one of the weirdest parts. I don't know, does that mess with your head a little bit? Did you ever wonder, what in the world does this mean? We pray it all the time though, don't we? Did you ever notice that? I don't know, you know what in the world I just said, but I just said it. Well, this is the interesting part. What is Jesus trying to get at here? We can get confused. What's happening? Were we really saying, Jesus, that we need to ask God to not lead us into temptation? That kind of sounds opposite. It's sort of like a, you know, duh, moment. Why do we need to ask God that? Are you trying to say that God does that? What's going on in this last confusing line of the Lord's Prayer? You see, it isn't about so much about a God who wants to put us in harm's way or put us into the places where we might fall or stumble. I mean, is that God's character that we've seen throughout Scripture? I don't think that would be a consistent theme. Yet we still have this part of the prayer that we pray every week. So, what you need to understand about what we've prayed when we've prayed the Lord's Prayer is this. We've done divine work. We've named God. We've done some things where we've talked about God's relationship with us. God's name is holy, God's kingdom, God's will, all big concepts. Then we get into a very personal petition. We've done the divine work. We've named God. Now we start to get into the daily parts of things. Remember, give us this day our daily bread. It starts to get more into the practical. We've moved, we've shifted from this divine naming into the practical way of understanding how things are ordered in the world. Remember, it's a corporate prayer. We pray this thing together. And even when you pray by yourself, the language that Jesus gives us is a corporate language. So even in our prayer, when we still pray our Father, Right? That's what happens when we get into the nitty-gritty, the part of the prayer that we talk about, this everyday life. Daily bread, our daily bread, remember corporate prayer. That's a present thing. We've dealt with the present. In order to deal with the present, we've had to talk about the past. So we asked for forgiveness of debts. Right? To be present today, you have to deal with some of that stuff in the past. Now, here in this final line comes a word not just about the present or the past, but about our future. We've done the divine naming. Now we say, God, I need you in my present. I need your help from my past. And I need your help in my future. Lead us not into temptation. What are we going to be tempted in? Maybe. You can totally disagree with me on this. Maybe the temptation that Jesus is talking about is all the stuff he just said. It could be second verse, same as the first reality. When we, as God's children, pray in this way, we've named God, we've named the practical, right, the divine and the everyday stuff, the present and the past. So now Jesus is going to encourage us to say, there's going to be something that's going to happen in your future. And if you are going to be tempted to act in a way that is different from all that you've just prayed, 
why don't you ask for God to help you not go there? Do you know where there is? I think we all have a there. It's different for each one of us, but we each have a there. And when we pray this prayer, we're essentially saying, God, I need your help because I know tomorrow I may be allowed to go there and I don't want to go there. I don't want you to lead me there. And again, looking back at all that we just learned about this way to live this Lord's Prayer, we see this all the time where we can pray, we can go to church, we can go on a retreat, we can listen to a great worship song, we can read a fantastic book, we can sort of, uh, sort of be in this nice moment of centering, this real spiritual place where we can feel really good about a relationship with God. And before you know it, whether you go to another appointment, you step out of your house, you answer the telephone call, you see the text that comes in on your phone, you check that email, or maybe you just go to work the next day, and there it is. In the same way, that's the temptation. Because we just prayed a very radical thing. We asked God to do something. We named God as not just my father, but our father. So you may be tempted to hold on to God just being yours. About God being just mine. The way I think about things, the way I interpret this scripture, the way I believe about this social issue. Whatever it would be, God is my God. God's on my side. And this prayer from the very first word is going to get us out of that temptation. Our Father, God, don't lead me into the place where I believe that it's just me anymore. Don't take me there. I don't want to go there because I've been there. And when I pray this prayer, it's going to change the way I live. I pray it now because you're not just mine. You're not here just to bless everything that I'm doing. You're our Father. So the person that disagrees with me, I'm tempted to treat that person differently now. I, I, don't, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to treat them the same way I've been treating them. Don't lead me there. God, I've kept you distant in my life. I've kept it this sort of creator thing or a person that sits on a throne far away that's not approachable. God, I, I don't want to go there. Because you're the one who runs this place. You're the Father. So I can come to you in a relationship. I can approach you in a family type of way. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back to the place where it was just, God, I don't want you to hit me with a lightning bolt when I mess up. I want to figure out the system. I want to figure out the way I can, you know, live in this world where I don't get a bunch of bad stuff happening to me. And we know that this relationship, bad stuff happens to good people and good things happen to bad people. I don't want to go to the place where you're far off. Don't lead me there. Remind me where you are. Remind me that you are the ideal when I think that I'm the ideal. I think that my way is perfect. You are the Father who is in heaven, who is the ideal, the perfect. Your ways are perfect. I don't want to go back to the way where I think that my way is just the best way because I've been there and I don't want to go back there. So I will speak your name. I'll speak about who you are in your character, 
and your essence and your power. Your name's different. Your name's holy. And so I should treat you different. For all the times when I just try to put you in my pocket and carry you around like a little blessing machine, I don't want to go back there. Your name is holy. Your essence, your power, your name, your character. Hallowed be thy name. It's different now from what I've just prayed. And I want to act differently now. I want you to give me what I need today. You see, I've gotten so used to stockpiling everything because I can't trust so easily. So I figured out it's all in my own hands. So I might have to do everything that I can do to hoard and to keep. I don't want to go there because you taught me that you'll give me what I need for today and that's enough. You give me daily bread so when I stockpile, when I'm tempted to hoard and to keep and to forget yesterday that you gave me what I needed and today you can give me what I need. I believe you can give me what I need for tomorrow too. I have hope. That's what we pray when we ask, give us our daily bread. I, I want you to lead me not to that place. Don't lead me to the place where I feel like I have to do that again. But because of what I just said, what I just prayed, help me in that present moment to truly receive that which you want to give. But I know that I can't be truly here unless I do some of the things and some of the work that I've been carrying along with me all of these years. That's forgiveness. God, I got to deal with the stuff in the past to be truly present today. So I, I don't want to be tempted that when I see that person again, I'm reminded of that situation. I, I don't want to go back there. Lead me not into temptation. See, I don't think it's just so much about God, you know, don't take me into the dark corner of the alley. It's God. I'm going to be tempted tomorrow because I see that the way the world is. Isn't this prayer a great revolutionary prayer that we prayed for God's kingdom and God's will and way? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we still deal with what is going on in our world, we acknowledge that there's something that's just not quite right. And we prayed for God to come and do something, to do something about it. Yet tomorrow, if it's still the same, you know, for thousands of years, Christians have been praying this. And every day there's been another day. And that's why I think it's important for Jesus to put this confusing part at the end. Because tomorrow, we still might anticipate things to be made right. It may not be made right today, but we pray for it anyway. And we live it anyway. And tomorrow, when we come across that tweet or we see the news, the fake news, or whenever we see what's happening in our world, we're desiring for God to come and do something. It's, God, don't lead me to the place now to where I respond in the way that I used to respond before these words, before this prayer, this way, it's changed my life. Don't take me back there because all of the things that we just prayed, all the things that we asked God for are supposed to now deal with what has happened in our past, what's happening in our present, and now trusting God for our future. Look, tomorrow you might deal with some stuff you may not be able to predict what will happen tomorrow. That's why we have this. 
We trust God for our future. We say we know where there is. We call it that place of temptation. So I think it's not just about a dark alley or about the thing that we know we shouldn't do that we still tend to do sometimes. We hear the, the words of the Apostle Paul just echo in the tension of our daily lives. Why? Why is it so that thing that I want to do, I tend not to do, but the thing that I don't want to do, I wind up doing? What's going on with me? And Paul would go on to say, I'm a wretch. But then he talks about grace. He talks about power. He talks about the spirit that will not leave us in this place of emptiness, in the place of our past, or the place of our pain, but will lead us into a hope-filled future. Why is God's name involved in this? Because we trust God as one, not just who we divinely name, but is concerned about our present, our past, and our future, present in the now, present in what we're dealing with now and what we might deal with tomorrow because God is one who gives mercy and grace for today. And the good news is, if you can trust in God's promises today, you can trust in it tomorrow. Here's the challenge. You have to trust it. But guess what? I don't know about you, but we're not always good at that, are we? We struggle. And sometimes that's why I think it's important to name God as the one who desires to lead us. Not there. Not to that place. You see, this prayer is supposed to change us. This way is supposed to change us. The way that we interact with our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. So when we wake up tomorrow and we see the world is disordered and we pray again for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we then now get to the nitty gritty, the part where we say to God, that which you want to give me, I receive. But here's what I want to know about when I pray this prayer tomorrow. Don't lead me to the place where I was before I started this prayer because you're mine. I think that you're just mine and that you're distant and that your name wasn't holy. And maybe I wanted my kingdom more than your kingdom. I wanted my will and my way more than yours. I didn't trust in the bread that you had for me. So I had to get it myself. And in getting it, I hurt other people. And I struggle to forgive because it hurt me. And I don't know how to let it go. And I just hurt him back. But if I can do these things, if I can pray this prayer, if I can live this way, then maybe when that person tomorrow, in that situation tomorrow, when it happens tomorrow, I know you'll lead me. I know you'll lead me. But don't lead me back there. I don't want to go back there because there is a place where I don't have hope. There is a place where I must again remember to live this way, to pray this prayer. Don't lead me there. Lead us not into temptation. The good news, friends, he'll be with you tomorrow. And he knows where there is for you. I hope you know it now too. Maybe there is the place in the way that we lived before we learned what these words mean, truly mean for us as a way to live. So now I hope that we just don't pray these prayers, you know, and recite these words because they give us comfort and hope, but because they'll change us. They'll change the way we live and they'll change the world that we live in. Think about tomorrow. 
and have hope that he'll lead you, but he won't lead you there. Let us pray. God, you are one who has made us new. And in our hope, you remind us that we have a tomorrow. So we invite your leadership to lead us, but not to the place where we lived as if we didn't know what you invited us to be about or to live into. We want to live this way and not just pray this prayer. Our hope, Lord, is that you'll come alongside of us and lead us into a place of hope. We can face tomorrow knowing that you're with us. So be with us as we look to what is and what will be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us today. My hope is that as we've studied Jesus' words, or what we call the Lord's Prayer, that you've been open to discover more about who Jesus is, what Jesus can mean in your life. I would encourage you that whether you've been a church member for a while or you're just kind of checking us out online, that Trinity can be the place for you to help you discover more about who Jesus is and your place in his story of love. I want to remind you that you matter to God, that Jesus loves you, that Jesus died for you and he rose to give us all new life. And that means there's a tomorrow and a hope-filled future for you. I'd love to talk with you more about who Jesus is and more about how we at Trinity can support you in your spiritual journey. Please reach out to us. Check us out at trinitymullicahill.org forward slash next steps.